Welcome to Follow, a Latter-day Saint scripture poetry podcast. My name is Mary Jane Rice. Thank you for joining me today. The reading this week is Matthew chapter 26, Mark chapter 14, and John chapter 13. The poem I'm sharing today was inspired by the account of the woman who anointed Jesus before his death, as recorded in Matthew chapter 26, verses 7 through 13. If you'd like to read along, you can find this poem on my website at maryjanerice.com. Let's begin. Memorial Centuries hence, my name will be debated. Dwell on that irony, if you will, not the outrage of imperfect disciples who scolded my waist. Or remember this instead, that John felt the same as I when he baptized the Lord, unworthy of the work, too burning with purpose to turn away. When I broke open and tipped scented oil over his head, I only anointed in preface to his own sealing of salvation, his blood a healing ointment for all memory. The thing that inspired this poem directly was a sense of irony about how Jesus said that this action of anointing him would stand as a memorial to the woman who did it, but we aren't exactly 100% sure who she was. Matthew and Mark didn't name the woman, and John says it was Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. There's an account in Luke that describes an unnamed sinful woman who washed Jesus's feet with her tears, but this is probably a different occasion with that just happens to have similar circumstances. So there is a lot of debate and conflation of these different circumstances and confusion surrounding the event. Personally, I think it probably was Mary, but the lack of consensus was interesting to me. Uh, The disciples scolded the woman for for her act. If it was Mary, this is kind of in keeping with how Martha scolded her when she didn't help with the serving. It makes me wonder if Mary was just that kind of person who was really enthusiastic but not particularly thoughtful about how her actions affected other people or what people thought of her. Um, Maybe she wasn't like that at all. Maybe she got criticized a lot, and so Jesus was helping others to see her good motivations instead of just judge her by external actions. The disciples thought that she should have sold the expensive ointment and given the money to the poor. This suggests to me that they have been engaged in organized acts of charity already and that Jesus is directing these acts or he's aware of them doing it. They kind of react similarly to how the Pharisees react to in other stories. They find fault with the person based on what they see as a dereliction of religious duty. This time, it's a duty that Jesus himself probably encouraged them to pursue. Um, in response, Jesus turns her action into something that is to be praised, not scorned. Remember that he said he came into the world to save the world, not condemn it. And his gospel doesn't work very well as a stick to measure how good or bad a person is. It works better when we use it to adjust our own actions and how we think he would like us to live. 
we can use his response in this situation as a pattern for how to assume the best about people's intentions, even if we think they've done something foolish or wrong. We don't have to believe that what they did was the right thing, but we can think about what might have motivated them to do what they did. I also made a connection in the poem between the memorial of Jesus's anointing and the memorial of the sacrament. I do a lot of things to remember people who have been important in my life, such as my parents who have both passed away. I keep pictures of them and mementos from times we spent together. I talk to my children about them. I write about them. I continue traditions that they began with me. One of these traditions involves a covered porcelain box that looked like the Salt Lake Tabernacle. Inside of this box, my dad used to keep little pins and coins and jewels and different things that he collected over the years. And one of my favorite things to do when I was a little girl was to bring that box to him and have him take out each item and tell me the story behind it. It didn't even have to be a very important story, but it was interesting to me. I wanted to continue this tradition with my children, so about two years ago I bought them each a wooden box that I call a treasure chest. I started filling them with items that reminded me of their good qualities or mementos I had collected from vacations we took together or things that I knew were of concern to them that they were struggling with, little items that would represent that. I believe that since our spirits are uniquely integrated with our physical bodies, we can strengthen spiritual and emotional connections by reinforcing them with this kind of physical memorial. The sacrament is that kind of physical memorial, something Jesus began as a way of helping his disciples remember him. Every time the disciples repeated that memorial, they would have remembered the Last Supper and all of the things Jesus said and did there, including the new significance he attached to this ancient tradition of the Passover feast. Then they could share that ritual with new members of the church to help them feel close to Jesus as well, even though they had never known him in life. Now I'll read the poem for you again. Memorial. Centuries hence, my name will be debated. Dwell on that irony, if you will, not the outrage of imperfect disciples who scolded my waste. Or remember this instead, that John felt the same as I when he baptized the Lord, unworthy of the work, too burning with purpose to turn away. When I broke open and tipped scented oil over his head, I only anointed in preface to his own sealing of salvation, his blood a healing ointment for all memory. Before I end, I have some lyrics I'd like to share with you. This song was inspired by a talk that President Dieter F. Uchtdorf gave during the October 2014 priesthood session of General Conference. It's titled, Lord, Is It I? The talk and the lyrics reference the account of Jesus telling his disciples at the Last Supper that one of them would betray him as recorded in Matthew chapter 26, verses 21 and 22. My friend Jeanette Booth composed the music for this song, which won a special recognition in the 2016 Church Music Submission Contest. At the end of this podcast, I'll share a recording of its performance at the Church Music Festival. Please note 
this was a live performance and because the performance had only a short time to learn the song, there are a few mistakes in the lyrics. I'll also link in the show notes to a second YouTube performance by Felicila Walter and Lydia Elizabeth. Now for the lyrics. So long ago at one last meal, disciples gathered around as Jesus taught of sacrifice they did not yet understand. But when he warned one would betray, their sorrow filled them with dread. Who could it be? Each man approached and humbly pled. Lord, is it I who needs to hear your words of counsel today? Am I the one who needs to change my heart and learn to obey? In your infinite wisdom, turn your all-seeing eye upon my soul and help me see. Lord, is it I? A humble man is called today a modern prophet of God. We gather round at conference time to hear him teach Jesus' word. He warns of sin I may not see. The Spirit prompts me to know that I must search within myself so I can grow. Lord, is it I who needs to hear your words of counsel today? Am I the one who needs to change my heart and learn to obey? In your infinite wisdom, turn your all-seeing eye upon my soul and help me see. Lord, is it I? That's all for today. You can find more of my poetry at facebook.com slash latterdaysaintpoetry or visit maryjanerice.com. That's M-E-R-R-I-J-A-N-E rice.com. My contact information is in the show notes along with links to President Uchtdorf's talk I mentioned earlier and to the performances and sheet music for the song, Lord Is It I. Please stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear a recording of Lord Is It I. Thank you for listening. May your time spent in the scriptures this week be rewarding. Jesus taught